Hello, this is Ed O'Brien from Panther 24-7 here on Panther Tracks, the new Panther 24-7 uh, podcast. Joined here by my co-host, Mike Johnson. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing, Ed? I'm good, man. Hey, big game this week, Pitt Penn State. Okay, Mike, and of course, you are a, an alum of Pitt, right? That is correct. All right, so why don't you tell... From your standpoint, because obviously Pitt played Pitt State back in the day, how how heated is the rivalry um, from the Pitt Pitt standpoint? Uh, I think it's a separation between younger people and maybe people like 35, 40 plus, because uh, I think people in that age range are 35 to 40 year olds. Uh, they still remember the game when they were, you know, still playing uh, annually. Where the younger generation probably. Uh, I think it's manufactured, you know what I mean? Okay. I think they're trying to make it a rivalry. But ever since uh, Penn State went to the Big Ten and Pitt went to the Big East, I think the rivalry kind of died down a bit, you know what I mean? I think uh, conference championships and conference rivalries more took over. Just checkdowns, a lot of crossing routes, a couple uh, swing passes to the back side of the backfield. And uh, mostly, like I said, mostly he was taking the safe throws. I don't think he was pushing the uh, ball vertical very much, and uh, probably a little bit by design. Yeah, a couple things that I did happen to pick up on in the running game that were uh, positive, I think, for Pitt going forward is uh, the return of Pitt's fullback, H-back, uh, George Aston. He missed last year uh, a significant time. He had an ankle injury, I believe, and then had another injury later in the season, and really Really never got to see him at 100%. And uh, he's a big game player, uh, utilized, you know, in the passing game and the running game. He's mainly a blocker. But I noticed on the plays on the perimeter, he made some really nice open field blocks. The one sprung uh, Quadri Allison for a nice game. And that looks like something that uh, is really going to help Pitt's run game this year. I know one player didn't, you know, have a significant amount of carries or yards. But I think Russia for 237 yards, I believe, was a, a pretty significant number for their opening game. Um, breaking in a new offensive line with, they had four new starters in that game. Um, the normal right tackle, uh, Alex Bookster didn't play. They held him on for injury precautions and started a uh, redshirt freshman, Gabe Boyd, made his first career start at right tackle. And I thought he held up pretty well. I thought he did a nice job. Okay, and from a from a uh, defensive standpoint, what is uh, one or two things that stood out to you? Uh, defensively, I thought um, from the front seven at least, um, some some guys have uh, made a significant change in their body type, and I think it's making a difference in the way they play. Uh, one being Keyshawn Camp, um, reports are he's down to two hundred seventy-five pounds, and he just looked really quick. Um, had a, had a real explosive get off, off the line of scrimmage. And he had two sacks in the game. And, uh, that's something that, you know, Pitt kind of struggled with over the last couple of years was getting that interior pass rush. And, uh, I think it could be a, a big thing for them this year. Um, you know, generating a pass rush out of the front four, not having to bring linebackers or safeties and, you know, zone pressures and, uh, you know, helping out that back end a little bit, you know, not leaving them as exposed as they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. All right, now you know anybody. Let me you know. Just looking at the stats, you probably saw the Albany Albany uh, threw for two hundred fifty some yards mm-hmm. um, in the air. 
And on, on some of them played, you know, you know, the safety out of place on a couple of the big plays. It wasn't a lot, but just a couple. Yeah. Um, is, is there a, anything that causes concern, you think? Um, a couple of things that I noticed. It seems like um, the number two vertical receiver, the inside guy, slot guy, um, mm-hmm. typically when it's was singled up on the field or the boundary, uh, they, they weren't in a bad position, but it was kind of like a few times they didn't know where the leverage should be coming from, you know what I mean, versus right. forcing the guy to help or, or if he, was, he didn't have help. I think there might have been a little bit of confusion back there on the back end. Um, and then a couple times the guys just made plays. I mean, there were 50-50 balls that guys just made really good plays. I mean, the freshman for uh, Albany was pretty impressive. I mean, for a smaller guy, only about 5'8". Um, Dev Holmes, I believe his name was, he ended up being CAA player of the uh, freshman of the week for you know, his performance against Pitt. I think he had nine catches for 148 yards and a touchdown. So he, he was pretty significant. More than half of the passing yards came from him directly in the slot. And they moved him around a little bit, but it was he had a nice, uh, I think twice on post, one on a touchdown and one on another large game. He uh, just flat out jumped to safety. All right. Now, let's uh, turn, turn our attention real quick to Penn State. Um, mm-hmm. Were you able to catch any of that game? I did catch a little bit of it, yeah. Okay. I just watched, I personally just watched the whole replay uh, mm-hmm. last, last night and earlier today. Um, Miles Sanders. Um, yeah. Called, you know, Saquon Barkley's uh, replacement or whatever. Um, talk about him a little bit. You, you're from West NCAA. He played football. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's a five-star, former five-star, was, uh, you know, early commit to Penn State. Um, when the Narduzzi staff came in, they made him, tried to make him a priority, and it seemed like towards kind of the end of his recruitment, there was maybe not, not like he was going to flip, but there was some hesitation, you know, he wanted to make sure that you know, Penn State was the right place for him. It's still relatively early in James Franklin's tenure at Penn State. He stayed solid with them. It's one of the, definitely I'd say in the last 15 years, probably one of the top players that come out of this area, at least from a ranking standpoint. And uh, very elusive, explosive player with the ball in his hands. Uh, he was he was the outside guy, and they had another guy that was their inside guy, Woodland Hills. He split carries and still was put up phenomenal numbers. And, you know, was under Armour All-American and just a just a really, really high-level prospect that's had to wait his turn there at Penn State. But he looks like he's packed on uh, some significant weight. I believe he's 215 he pounds now. Yeah, yeah, he looks a lot yeah. thicker, but still maintained that, you know, explosive ability he has. And, and, you know, it looks, I mean, you know, I've seen him play a little bit last year as well. It looks like he's running with more authority. Yeah. Um, Definitely more sure of himself, making his cuts back. He already had the elusiveness and speed. Right. But this looks like he has that, you know, as they say, swagger song. All right, so what do you think are some of the keys for Pitt to be successful uh, against Penn State this weekend from an offensive standpoint? Uh, I think the challenge for Pitt against Penn State will be up front. I think the uh, four new starters they had last week did a pretty good job. Uh, they didn't give up any sacks. And uh, there wasn't too many... Uh, busted plays in the running game for uh, negative yards. If they can continue to do that this week and establish a run, I think it's going to have a passing game. 
And I think that's kind of what Pitt needs to do. I think they need to establish a run and, you know, work their passing game off of that. All right, now from a defensive standpoint, what, what are some keys you think are important for a Pitt victory? Um, I, I believe the matchups, you know what I mean? Like, who's going to be that guy that, uh, that can, can guard a Jawan Johnson? You know, he's, he's a large receiver. Yep. I believe he's 6'4", 225, I believe is his size. He's a big guy, vertical threat. You know, he wins those jump balls. So uh, that's another thing. Pitt had three what were presumed starting DBs out last week. I don't know if they are holding out precautionary, if they're long-term, or who's going to be out there, but mm-hmm. um, that's a big matchup. And then you also have to counter that with uh, KJ Hamler in the slot, who was a freshman in his first game. I thought did a really good job for Penn State being a, you know explosive option out of that slot, and that was a you know, position that gave Pitt a little bit of trouble in their uh, opener versus Albany, like I mentioned. All right, Mike, before I let you go, I guess we'll have to do some predictions here. I don't know if you want to do it against the spread or outright. Pitt, well, Penn State is, a, um, I think, a nine-and-a-half favorite, nine-and-a-half point favorite over Pitt this weekend. I don't know if you want to pick against the spread or if you want to pick it off. Uh, yeah, I'll pick against the spread. Okay. All right, well, all right, you go first. You go first. <laughs> Uh, I think it'll cover. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I could see both teams scoring more than 30 points. And, you know, a win within uh, a touchdown either way, I think, is, is possible. I think both teams have a lot of uncertainty and a lot of work. You know, things are going to have to work through in these first couple of early games here. And, uh, yeah, I, I could see, like, a total combined 60-plus points mm-hmm. and a winner by a touchdown or less. You know what? I'm going to go with you on that one. I'm going to take Pitt to cover the nine and a half. I think um, I just I, I think Kenny Pickett will have another a big he'll have a big game. Um, it, you know, as I wrote on our website, obviously the second biggest game in his career. He hasn't started too many games. Um, of course, last year in against Miami, he was top you know one of his top teams when they beat him last year. But I'm thinking um, he'll have a big game. It'll be at home. It'll be hype. Um, even though it's not much of a rivalry. Per se, I still, you know, we'll obviously both teams, you know, hate each other and want to win. So, I'm with you. I think the game will be decided by a touchdown. I think it's going to be a lot of points scored on the board. And, again, I'll take uh, Pitt to cover um, the yeah. nine-and-a-half point spread. So, we'll, yeah, we'll, know about, we'll know by Saturday night. Yeah, rivalry or not, I think uh, anytime you get, you know, two power five teams, you know, with a primetime game like that, those kids are going to be fired up whether they – you know, there's dislike among them or not. I mean, I know most of the guys work out together in the off season. They're on the sure. opposing teams. I don't think, you know, I think like the implementation of seven on seven and things like that. I mean, like high school kids aren't even like rivals like they used to be. I don't That's think it really exists point. anymore. I think it's mostly amongst the, you know, fans and alumni of the uh, two schools that, you know, uh, keep the rivalry, if you will, alive. And, uh, but yeah, I think it's a, it's a different time, a different generation. I think they approach it differently. I agree with you. Well, you know what? That's it for right now. And, you know, again, you guys can go to Panther247.com to um, check out the latest on Pitt football team and recruiting news. We'll have a whole lot of articles and things of that nature um, on the website, you know, this weekend. So until next time, it's Ed O'Brien, co-host Mike Johnson. 